Hi, and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. Horizon Church is a Christ-centered, word-based and spirit-led church. We are so happy to bring this week's message to you. And on behalf of our pastors, Brad and Ali Bonhomme and the Horizon Church team, we pray it's a blessing to you. Um, I have so much in my heart for tonight. I feel like it's just gonna go off. I feel like a holy explosion is gonna take place. I feel like heaven's gonna punch a hole in the roof and invade into people's lives. There is, I am just, I, I'm, I have been wrestling with it all day, could not wait to get right here. And I really feel like the, the Spirit of God is gonna be not just speaking, you're gonna hear the voice within the voice tonight. And I'm truly uh, humbled to be, uh, be up here. And there is a special place in my heart uh, for uh, this house and the many rooms that you get to have across the nation and eventually, I believe, around the globe. I leaned over to your senior pastor at breakfast and I said, at some point, there has to be a Horizon Church in the United States. At some point, you have to come and crack our nation open with what you have because I long for the days that this right here would be normal in my own country. We I know that we have been on the forefront of a lot, but I'm telling you, one thing that you have kept sacred is the presence of God and how the church is run, and I just honor that uh, in you. So I, I wanna honor you, every person, not just obviously Pastor Brad and Pastor Allie, but how you guys have just continued to champion the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, redemption through the shed blood of Jesus on the cross, the, the prophetic nature of everything that you carry. We need more like you. And so I honor you, Horizon Church, and thank you for your hospitality and your kindness towards me, my wife, and now my own daughter, uh, uh, Jasmine, who's been here. Did you guys enjoy Jasmine getting up? and? Letting it rip last night, I'm so proud of you. I'm, I cannot say that enough, I'm so proud of you. But I've come with a word, is that okay with somebody? Now, you know I'm Mexican, all right? So I don't do anything quiet, all right? Brown people like me, we're the type of people you hear before you see, all right? We're just loud. I know we got an Italian on the front, so that's true too, all right? So I, I need you to talk back to me. Can you do that, Horizon Church? I, I don't wanna feel like I'm going into this by myself. I want to feel like there's a roar in the room. Do I have that tonight? Do I, no, come on, do I have, is it on the right side? Do I have it tonight? My right, your left? Do I have it on the left, my left, your right? Yep, all right. Come on, dead center. Do I feel the present? Yeah, 100%. Do me a favor. Let's go to Mark chapter 14. Mark the 14th chapter. And for the sake of, of context tonight, I'm gonna be reading from the Passion Translation because I feel like it captures something uh, sacred and unique. Uh, but before we start reading, I have to set this up because believe it or not, in this text, we're at dinner. Jesus is at a table and he's at a table that's pretty unique with some people around him. No doubt if Jesus is at dinner, his disciples are there as well. Jesus is at the, actually the head of his table. And in this culture, the head of this table would actually be the middle so they could communicate to the whole table. And quite possibly to his left, is someone that is identified in this room, and this is Lazarus. Now, this is the Lazarus that was raised from the dead. You remember this, right? This man had died and stayed dead for several days, and it wasn't until Jesus showed up that he told the stone be removed, right? And they removed the stone, and they were expecting a stench, but actually a life came walking out. Do you remember this? And so Lazarus is quite possibly to his left as an honored guest, and you know, when, if you died and you came back to life, 
people are gonna wanna know what that was like. Let's just be honest, all right? Can you imagine the questions? Hey, Lazarus, hey, listen, did you see anybody? Did you talk to anyone? What'd you do? Did you, was, how was the rugby? Like what, you're like, you're, you're trying to figure, do they have Tim Tams? You know, like you're fine, trying to figure out what's on the other side of that thing, right? So no doubt, this side of the table is completely consumed with Lazarus. Then you have this side of the table, and this side is another guest. His name is Simon the leper. In fact, this, where we read, this is his house where Jesus is having dinner. Simon the leper is over here. This was a man who had severe leprosy and was completely healed by the power of Jesus. And so, you know, if you once struggled and were affected by an incurable disease at this point in their day, and then you are completely healed, People are gonna wanna know what your story's like. Hey, Lazarus, what was it like to have leprosy? What was it like not to have leprosy? How many fingers did you have before? You got them all now. Like, they're asking these questions. Nothing's off limits, okay? So now doubt, this side of the table is completely consumed with Simon the leper. But there is somebody that enters in and becomes literally the main character aside from Jesus in this text, and she was not on the invite list. She's not on VIP list. She wasn't even on the people who organized it, but she was on God's list. And she storms this room unannounced. This woman's name is Mary. And Mary is the sister of Lazarus. She comes in this room because she was there. In fact, she was the one that sent word, Jesus, the one whom you love is sick. Come quickly so that you may heal him. Of course, Jesus, if you remember the context at this time, if Jesus were to leave, they were looking to kill him. The climate was high in the spiritual aspect, in the religious aspect, in the political aspect. If he were to journey towards Lazarus, he would have to go through Jerusalem, which would for sure warrant death, premature death. And so he waited on purpose for several days. He waits until it is absolutely hopeless. It is sealed. It cannot be undone in the natural mind. And then when Mary sees what she sees, it is not just, oh my gosh, she just raised the dead. For her, it was the final sign and wonder that this is Yeshua HaMashiach. This is the messianic messenger we have been waiting on. This is the one, the great teacher, Rabboni, who has come in and will restore Israel and redeem the sons of men, the daughters of men, back to God who created them. Come on, I'm getting excited just preaching about it. I know what she was feeling because we've all felt, many of us have felt the same way. And so that is what's happening. Now we can read, all right? Mark chapter 14, verse three. It says, now Jesus was in Bethany in the home of Simon, a man Jesus had healed of leprosy. And as Jesus was reclining at the table, a woman, now that is very, very intentional. They are not trying to be uh, in any other way except a woman came into the house with an alabaster flask filled with the highest quality of fragrant and expensive oil. She came to Jesus, watch this, and with a gesture of extreme devotion, she broke the flask poured and poured out the precious oil over his head. But some were highly indignant. Some of them, they were completely upset when they saw this and they complained to one another saying, what a total 
waste. I'm going to say that again. What a total waste. This could have been sold for a great sum and the money could have benefited the poor. So they scolded her harshly. Jesus lets that happen. And this is what, this is the next line. But Jesus said to them, leave her alone. Come on, how many you know when Jesus speaks up, everything listens? There is no negotiations. There is no back and forth. There is no if you feel like it. There is no, are you understanding? There is no, well, I'll only do this if you give me this. There is no settling. When Jesus speaks, it has to be done. He's the one who said, let light be, and light was there. Are you following me? He told the mountains you could grow this high. He told the seas you could come this far. He told the stars you could be this bright. He told the sun you could stay right there. Jesus, when he says, leave her alone. I feel wind on these words for your marriage as God is saying, leave them alone. I feel wind on these words for your mindsets. Lord, leave them alone. I don't know which one I'm talking to, but God's saying to you, leave them alone. He says this, leave her alone. Why are you so critical of this woman? She has honored me with this beautiful act of kindness. You will always have the poor whom you can help whenever you want, but you will not always have me. Let me put this in your world. What he's really saying is you will never get another moment like this. You'll have the poor with you all the time. You can help them whenever you want. But this in all of eternity is a sacred assignment. You will never get another moment like this. So he goes on to say, he says, when she poured the fragrant oil over me, she was preparing my body in advance of my burial. She has done all that she could to honor me. I promise you that as this wonderful gospel spreads all over the world, the story of her lavish devotion to me will be mentioned in memory of her. My goodness, there is so much here. We're gonna unpack it all, but let's pray, church. Holy Spirit, I ask for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus Christ to flood every heart. Once again, I speak to this atmosphere and I say you're full of vision, you are full of hope, you are full of peace, you're full of strategy, you're full of joy. I come against every limit, every restriction, every barrier, every lie, every demonic harassment I say is broken right now in Jesus' name. And I call every man and every woman into their season. I call them into their greatness. Lord, that you would begin to posture and position and fill with purpose, God. You would begin to bring them in to what they don't know, to where they've never been, to what they've never seen, to how they've never heard it, God. That you would put claims, requests, and demand on greatness to surface at a high level. Lord, we ask for the fruit and the volume and the results of these next seasons in their life, God, would be overtaking anything they have ever seen. Move on us correctly tonight in a way, Lord, that we will never forget it. Ruin us tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. amen. I wanna speak to you about one word. I wanna to talk to you about one word. I wanna to talk to you about being built. I wanna to talk to you about being built. Now, I am not talking about built as in when you go to the gym and you know there's people that are big, strong, jacked, cut like me. I'm talking about people that have been built, and I don't know why that's funny, but I, 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 I talk, I'm talking about, that's a Woolsworth moment, isn't, isn't it, Woolsworth? Anyways, uh, I, I, I'm talking about people 
who have stood through some storms, some people who walk with some limps, some people who have some scars. I'm talking about people who can point back, had it not been for the prayer life that was put in me, had it not been for my wisdom to be around the church, had it not been for his word, had it not been for his presence that kept me, there's no way I would do what I'm doing right now. No, baby, I was built for this. I was designed for this. This ain't default, this is designed. This is on purpose. This is intentional. How I mean, you know, when God is speaking, he is speaking on purpose. And when God is not speaking, he is not speaking on purpose. So whether he's speaking or whether he's not speaking, baby, it is all on purpose. Come on, are there any built people who have navigated through storms, who have stared down giants, who have overcome addictions, who have fought for their marriage, who have warred for their babies? Come on, where are the people at tonight in the church? We need built people again. I, I, uh, I remember one time, I was, uh, it was a really long season, and one of my fa- at that time, one of my favorite things to do was go disc golfing. I don't know if you've ever been disc golfing. This is like a poor man's golf, all right? It, it's, it's basically golf with Frisbees because they're cheaper, all right? And so, uh, and so I remember I was going disc golfing, and, and I, was, uh, I, I was parking. You have to come down this long hill, big hill, uh, to come and park. And I'm getting out of my car. I'm walking to the first tee, and and I'll never forget, I see a guy sitting on top of his big truck, like a ute, right? Like huge. And so I remember, I look at him and I'm like, hey man, what's going on? And this guy goes, nothing. I'm getting ready to watch my friend die. <laughs> I remember looking at him like that. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? No sooner than those words left his mouth, I hear the roar of a skateboard. And it is coming down this hill. And there is a guy who's gonna take it all the way down the hill and he is gonna try and pop over a, a three meter fence. All right, like this guy's insane, right? So he's coming down and he starts coming down the hill and he's got a good sense of gravity, but then all of a sudden he gets the wobbly knees. He gets the wobbly knees. I'm not twerking, okay? He gets the wobbly knees, just like this, all right? He starts doing this and he starts losing his center of gravity and he starts bending this way and starts going off like this and he eventually goes ribs first into the back of a truck. I'm telling you. Pow! Just like that. He bent the fender out like this, bounced off the truck, and hit the other side of his ribs. Boom! Just like that. I remember thinking, God, I'm on my day off. I am off duty. And I'm just trying to play some disc golf because I ain't got no money and I can afford to lose a Frisbee. Right? Like... I, I, but I'm like walking over, and of course, I ask the world's dumbest question, Pastor Tim, that you can, everybody knows this question, right? This happens, you see it, what do I do? I walk over there, and I'm like, bro, are you okay? Which is, that's the spirit of stupid. That's, that's what that is, right? And so I remember, I'm like, bro, are you okay? Well, the way he landed, his shirt was pulled up, and I'm watching his ribs go black-blue right in front of me. I'm sitting there. And I'm watching this and, and I'll never forget. I'm like, bro, are you okay? He's like, <sighs> he's like, it hurts to breathe. And I'm like, yeah, because you just hit a truck with your ribs. You're not built to do that. Come on, I, I don't know who I'm talking to. I feel like sarcasm is a fruit of the spirit. I, I really do. Maybe Paul forgot to write it. I don't know. But I know in Australia, sarcasm is a form of love which is why I love this nation so much. I, I, I love it. I love sarcasm. In our family, you have to be built different, all right? Like, you gotta be built right way. So I, I watched this, and of course, I, we have to call the paramedics. They take this guy away. This guy was obviously not built to do what he just did. I remember one time, I was, 
uh, a friend of mine was telling about uh, these uh, Christian schools that get together for these uh, like a week long worth of competition. They have everything from basketball tournaments, one act plays, sermons. I mean, everything is competitive. And so there's these rival schools that get together. And if you get them in the same room, it's going to be a, it's a recipe for disaster. I mean, I mean, people are going to be dropping hands and hammers. They're going to catch all the smoke. There's going to be a lot of fights, right? So they try to schedule them where these schools never cross in the lunchroom. Well, sure enough, in the cafeteria that day, these two schools show up. These are the two biggest schools and they are rivals and they show, someone had an oversight and they show up the same day. Of course, it wasn't long. The trash talking starts coming. Your school is nothing. What smells in here? Oh, it's that. You know, like they're all, they're, they're going after it, right? Well, then they start jawing and going back and forth. Well, eventually one of these guys is like, we're gonna settle who's the best school on this, on, in this competition in this region. And we're gonna settle it with an arm wrestling contest. So they get their, this big, huge, jacked guy like me to come up to the table and they put them right there. Again, I don't know why that's funny, but whatever. So then, then they get another, this other school, they get their strongest guy and his nickname is Steroid. <laughs> I'll let you fill in the blank why, okay? He walks over to this table and he comes over like this. And so Steroid, he is sitting there, they start getting their hands and they start getting ready. Anybody, any 80s babies that remember the Sylvester Stallone over the top? Come on, anybody remember over the top? No, just me, I'm the only carnal one. Okay, so I remember they're sitting there and they're getting ready and they start arm wrestling. They're like, go, and they start going back and forth. Veins are popping out. I'm telling you, the muscles are all big. He's going for it. And Steroid feels like he's gonna lose. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna give it one more shot and I'm gonna give him an extra pump and I'm gonna come over the top. Well, when he does this, Pow! The bone in his arm comes shooting out the side of his arm. It's all hanging there like a little kickstand, like this on a scooter. Just like everybody looked at him and was like, gotta go, gotta go. Why would that happen? Because his, the, the man from the exterior was too much for what was built on the interior. And I'm here to tell you, that there are certain things that God is building on the inside of you and you think it's reckless or you think it's nonsense or you think it's not worth it. I am telling you, if you will let him build your joy, build your integrity, build your character, frame your vision, begin to chisel you, correct you, develop you, put language in your spirit, I promise you the pressures of this life will not overtake you. You will not work like you did before. You will not cower like you did before. You will not be timid and intimidated. You will not make up excuses. You will not miss moments. You will not even give yourself an exit. No, you are being built for a reason. You are being built. You are being war trained. You are being war ready. You are being war minded because what God wants is not a passive church. It's not a casual church. They want a church with a voice that's not just got a bark, but it's got a bite to it. We need some built people again. Are there any built people in the room tonight? We've got to be built. And if we're gonna be built, there's three things we get to say with our life. Number one is, I'm built different. I'm not built like this world. I'm not built by culture wars. I'm not built by propagandas, opinion polls, news feeds, social media reels. I'm built different. I'm built by his presence. I'm built by godly leadership. I'm built by integrity. I'm built by the word. I'm built by fasting. I'm built by worship. I'm built by generosity. I'm built different. I, 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 you know, I, it's amazing to me as someone who's, who's worked in the Bible college space now 14 years. We have a graduate in every nation of the world. And I have watched so many 
that have come in, even in the Bible college, but definitely in the church, where what they do is, is they live for the high moments in God. They live for Horizon Conference. They live for prophetic words. They live for these moments where God zeroes in, I mean, literally highlights their life and speaks to them on the mountaintop. But eventually, like tonight, Monday's coming. Next week's coming. And they have no mental understanding of what that's gonna take to carry that. And so when they come down off of that high moment, there is only two things waiting for them. It's either their flesh or what they've built. I'm telling you this because I have met with heads of denominations. I have met with great leaders. We have been saturated by God's presence and that I am quickly escorted into the back and they are, they are like true brothers would. They're confessing the struggles and the sin and I'm asking key questions. One of them is, what's the trigger? And I will always, they say, well, whenever I come down off a spiritual high, I have to go click on it. I have to go text them. I have to go get involved. I have to go do this. I have to go do that. And they now activate what they're claiming they're free from. And what happened was, is they came off their spiritual high. Watch me. They came off their spiritual high and what was waiting for them? Their flesh. But if you build a life that's different, you won't worry about your flesh because there will be some consistency that has wrapped itself around you. I'm talking about, this is simple truth. This is, Bible says, uh, Psalms 14 too, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? In other words, baby, if you can't do the basics, you're not gonna last. What ends up happening is you don't, you're not caught by your flesh. You're caught by prayer, reading your word, devotionals, integrity, the things that you have practiced consistently and what keeps you there. And a life of a Christian does not look like this and then this and then this and then this. The life of a true believer looks like this. Doesn't matter what year it is. Doesn't matter if a pandemic happens. Doesn't matter if the news says it. Doesn't matter if it shook my finances. Doesn't matter if it's attacking. Doesn't matter if it's lying. They're just doing this the whole time. Why? Because I'm built different. You know, I, um, I, the nature of obviously what I do, I get to travel a lot. And so I'm in a lot of different airports. And it's actually one of my favorite places to buy cologne. I like to smell good. I have been in youth and young adult ministry now predominantly for 20 years. I, I have smelled things that weren't human. <laughs> like, I'm not lying. Like, I've smelled some wrong, wrong, all right? And, and I, 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 I'm telling you, I, if I have a, a choice between smelling good and looking good, your boy's gonna smell good all the time, all right? That's what's gonna happen. And so I remember I walk in and I'm buying a bottle of cologne and actually, I think this was in Sydney Airport when this happened, actually. I walk over and I'm looking at one of my favorite colognes and I notice that there is the same packaging, the same size bottle, there is the same everything, but one costs more than the other. And I went to the, uh, the, the, the sales consultant and I said, tell me why this one costs more and why this one costs less. She says, well, the one that costs less, it'll still be the same packaging, it'll still be the same cologne, the same smell, watch this, it just will not last as long. I said, why? She said, because of what it's made out, or made out of, what it's based in. This one is made out of water, and eventually you will have to spray more on in order to keep the same smell. She said, and I kid you not, these were her words, but if you don't mind paying a higher price, 
She said, if you don't mind sacrificing a little more, if you don't mind trusting, if you don't mind humbling, if you don't mind yielding, if you don't mind serving, if you don't mind sacrificing, if you don't mind examining and, tr and truthfully combing through your, if you don't mind paying a higher price, You'll get the same everything, but this one will outlast the other because this one is based in oil. Man, I don't know who I'm talking to tonight. I don't know about anybody else, but I want an oil-based life. I miss me with the thing that wears off. I'm here to outlast. I want to outlast all my fears, outlast all of my frustrations, outlast all of my weaknesses. I'm not bought into hustle culture where I have to outrun everyone, where I have to outdo everyone, where I have to make more money than everyone, where I have to be more influent. No, I am here to outlast every enemy of the kingdom of darkness. I am here to outlast all of my past, all of my insecurity. Why? Because I'm built different. Come on, are there any people who want to be built in a unique way? If that's you, you ought to give God 10 seconds of praise tonight and just let him know, God, I'm ready. I want to be built different. God, do a deep work in us that outlasts everything that could try and take me out, God. I don't want to be just a, a a sweet smelling short aroma. I don't want to be a sugar rush with the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be a flash in the pan. I want to be somebody that has longevity. I want to see somebody. I want to be somebody that has legacy. You get that when you're built different. This is what I love about Mary. Mary, the Bible says she goes and pours her highest quality and fragrant oil. She doesn't get the cheap oil. She doesn't even get the moderately priced oil that would be okay. She goes for the very best. And listen, and notice where she breaks it. She doesn't break it on his feet. She didn't even break it on his hands. Under the Bible, it's very clear. She broke it on his head, which signifies his crown. I don't know about anybody else, but if you want your life falling apart, if you want it to collide with something, if you want a spiritual clash, it better be on the Lordship of Jesus Christ. You better let him win over, wrestle with God. But I promise you, if you will bring your very best, if you will bring the very place of your heart that hurts the most or the very place of your heart that's excited the most, there will be oil. She's not just breaking a jar of oil. You know what this represents to Mary? This is an expensive jar of oil. You know what this is? This is plan B. This is the, 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 this is the, the safety net. This is, well, if this doesn't work out with Jesus, I could sell this and recoup my life. I wonder if, and I'm preaching to myself, have we truly given our very best? Have we burned the ships? Have we burned the bridges of false comforts and safety? Have we let go of everything that's in our life so that we could be uniquely claimed by God? I cannot believe how many times, I'm embarrassed to admit it, that I thought, God, I gave you everything. And he says, but what about this? And he highlights an area of my life. He highlights a person. He highlights an issue. He highlights something in my past. I'm here to tell you, you're built different. She breaks it on his crown. It signifies that she is breaking it on his lordship. I think for too long, we've expected too little of ourselves. I, I think we expect people to come to church, but not to live holy. If we're not careful, we won't have a church full of Christians. We'll have a church full of churchians who just know Sundays, but not, 
not him. This is why we have to be built different. There is, I'm noticing that anyone else, this stuff is not even my notes, by the way, I'm preaching from my heart. Like, have you noticed there is a gap between those who have fully yielded and let God build them? And then there are those who have all the right masks and language and attitudes and perhaps mindsets, but they have no fruit. There is a gap now. We have to be built different. Here's the second thing. If we're going to be built, number two, we're going to be built devoted. We can't just be built different. There's got to be a level of commitment and loyalty. I'm talking about the fidelity of your spirit. Built, devoted. You know, devotion is often tested not when you're around. It's actually tested when you're not around. When people might talk about you and you're not in the room, they're like, hey, real ones, devoted ones say, hey, get their name out your mouth. Why are you talking about them? They're not here. You can't talk about, I'm, you know what I'm talking about? Where's some day ones at? You need a good friend. Just be like, somebody that'll stick up for you. No matter how many people, it's one versus a hundred. They'll still open up their mouth on your behalf. We need devoted people again. I remember when devotion was tested in a relationship I have. One of my best friends in the world, his name is Jared. Jared is a senior pastor of a great church in the state of Wisconsin in America. He is an incredible church, simple church. It's a great church. But Jared himself, I promise you, he's probably barely saved. I mean, maybe saved. Like, I'm not sure. Like, I don't even think Jesus, like there's a chair in heaven and there's a chair in hell. And even Jesus himself is like, I don't know. Like, we're gonna, we're gonna have to sort this out when he gets up here. Like, I'm not sure. Anytime, listen, Jared's wild, all right? He's crazy. Anytime I've almost been arrested on this side of the cross after I gave my life to Jesus, it was always with Jared. Every time. I'm telling you. Jared's wild. So Jared and I, we're going hunting. All right, we're from Texas. That's what we do. I've explained this to you. If, all right, I don't, please don't send me an email. It's just what we are. All right. And so I, I remember we go hunting and we're not buying like, we're not buying what our wives would buy on a trip. There's not what I would call chick food. All right, we're not buying chick food. I'm not buying hummus. I'm not buying carrot sticks. I'm not buying pita bread. I'm not buying gluten-free. No, 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 I'm getting meat. I'm getting steak on top of steak. I want bacon to wrap around the steak. You know what I'm saying? I'm getting chicken and more steak. I want bacon. Man, I want a lot of bacon. I want thick-cut steaky bacon. You know what I'm talking about? I want double-stuffed Oreos, like double-coated Tim Tams. I'll take bacon and wrap it around the Tim Tam, put it on a skewer, and flame all of that. Are you following me? This is what I want. And on my hunting trip, I eat whatever I want, and I don't report it back to Erica. <laughs> so we're sitting there. I mean, we've got like half a cow in the cart. I mean, it's like we got so much meat. Uh, and I remember I'm standing in line to pay, and um, I remember I'm, I'm firing off. I'm answering as many emails as I can because I don't want to be distracted when the trophy buck comes. All right, I want to put a bullet in it. All right, so like I'm standing there. I'm offending somebody, I know I am. So like I, I'm standing there just focused on this. Well, Jared's like, hey, hey, we need some sunflower seeds. I'm like, bro, go get some sun. That's a great idea. Go get some sunflowers. He's like, all right, bet. So he walks and he gets about, I don't know, 30 yards away. I don't know what that is in meters, but you can Google that. All right, so a long part away. All right, there's a line full of people and he decides he is going to take a bag of sunflower. It's like a, I don't know, like a three, four pound bag of sunflower seeds. And he takes it's white and he just throws it. And he is trying to make it in the cart over a line full of people. All right. I don't know what's going on. I'm just sitting here like this. And all of a sudden I see a white bag whoom, fly over my head. Well, it hits the largest woman I have ever seen in my life right in her backside. Pow, just like this. To which she responds, she comes back, she got all the attitude. She comes back, excuse me, 
Who do you think you are touching all this good stuff right here? Have you lost your mind? I'm going to help you find it. Girl, you better hold my purse. I'm about to mess this fool up. And I'm, I'm sitting at the cart like this. What do I see Jared doing? He is walking out the store like he don't even know me. My devotion was tested. His devotion was tested. Have you had your extreme devotion yet? Have you had your levels of devotion where God, you walk into service and you start to worship and he says, it's not enough. Have you had that moment yet? Have you emptied the bank account before? And God says, that's still not enough. Have you ever had to tell somebody God wants to heal you and yet you're still the one that's sick? I'm talking to somebody. You ever had to preach about generosity when you were the one that had the lack? I'm talking about devotion. Would you be so devoted that you would get your very best? God, if my everything is not enough, come for it all again. Expose what I've held back. Encourage me to give it. God, I trust you no matter what. I love this. It says, and Jesus is reclining at this table and and Mark has the right, and a woman. Like, this is a boys' club tonight. Nobody's allowed in this room. This is very scandalous, taboo, off-limits for a woman to break into this room. So that's why he's saying, a woman comes in. A woman walked in and poured oil all on his head. This is the thing about Mary's right here. It's the same things about David's when they say, I can get even more undignified than this. It's the same thing about blind Bartimaeus when they said, shut up. And all he said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Bartimaeus cried out all the louder. This is what Mary's do. Is Mary's break through all the plastic. They break through all the shallow. They break through, they don't care about the man-made traditions. They don't care about who gets offended. They don't care. I'm telling you, Marys are wild. They're built different. They're built devoted. They have one purpose, and that is to put extreme adoration, devotion, and focus on the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one on Jesus. This is their whole assignment. I want to put the focus back where it needs to be, and that's on him. But this right here, Horizon, this this right here is where the storm ensues. This is where everybody's like, what a total waste. This could have been sold to the poor and the money, or sold and the money given to the poor. You know Judas was saying that. They don't say it in there. You know this is Judas. You're like, they're like, what a total waste. What a total waste. What a total waste. I'm telling you, they're like, they're, they're literally launching their best attacks, their best religious one-liners, their best rebuttals, their best, uh, what they could say in the moment, because the truth is, they are now embarrassed. Because Mary's put the attention back on where it needs to be. And really, if we could all be there, we could say, are you serious? Really? Like, Peter, are you serious? You are so consumed with what it was like in, in Simon's story that you have gotten distracted and you're wondering what was it like to be a leper more than it's like to be the one who heals leprosy. You're distracted. Or are you serious on this side? The only reason you're upset is because you've been consumed with Lazarus and you're more in love with a local celebrity or a voice 
or an influencer or, or a, 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 a party or a principle or a mindset or an opinion or a propaganda. You're more in love with that than you are with him. It is real quiet up in this. I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. I'm good. <laughs> we, we fall more in love with all of these dividing places than we do with him. And then we, when we get called out on it, we're like, well, that could have been done. And we try to come up with some righteous saying like, that could have been sold and the money given to the poor. How noble, how pure hearted. But the truth is they are under deep conviction that the whole table was distracted until a Mary showed up. Can I say it like this? The whole nation was distracted until Horizon Church rose. I'm telling you, until the church of Australia began to claim its rightful place, until voices began, not in hate, not in anger, but with purity of heart and the piercing truth of God's word, they began to rise. And all of a sudden, there was a devotion that the nation hadn't seen. Come on, we need a holiness unlike we've ever seen before. I'm talking about holiness that hurts the eyes. We need to be built devoted. They're like, what a total waste, a, a waste. I can tell you right now, it's never a waste to worship. Time spent in prayer is never time wasted. It's never a waste to read his word. It's never a waste to serve. I'm never, it's never a waste to give. It, I'm telling you, it's never, you know what's a waste? A waste is churches with no souls saved in them. That's a waste. A waste is success that costs you your integrity. That's a waste. I think people have wanted to get famous, but they've never, they never wanted fire. What a waste. That's a waste. Which brings me to this. Number three, if we're going to be built, man, I feel the presence of God in here. I feel a move of the spirit in this room. The world will call it waste. I'm telling you right now, let me just prepare you for the next 10 years. They're going to say, what a waste. What a waste. You want to know why they call it a waste? Because the world doesn't value what God values. The world calls this waste and God says, this is worship. The world calls this waste and God says, this is winning. The world calls this waste and God says, this is how you war. I feel like the enemy can quickly sift you out if you look at your life and the, and the way that God is being built it as a waste. I, I, I'm telling you, a lot of people thought I wasted a good career uh, uh, in sales. I was the internet sales director uh, for uh, every for Mercedes-Benz USA, and I was 21. I, I just basically took what I learned in the cartels <laughs> and did in car, and it works. I'm that thing is, that, I, mean, I mean, God breathed on it. It was amazing. We prayed the whole thing, but I did. I just, and it worked. I'm telling you, those guys have a great model. <laughs> they are not hurting, all right? I, what am I telling you? They thought, they threw, I'm talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. I could name my school. They would write letters to get me into the school I wanted to. And God says, no, I've called you to Sri Lanka. Your assignment is not to be rich. Your assignment is to be reliable. I need you in Sri Lanka. And I remember, cool, I know what I'm supposed to do. So when they approached me, put the letters had a lawyer there. I mean, everything. I said, guys, I really appreciate this, but I will no longer be with this company. They thought it was a fit. I said, no, I have a call from God. And they said, are you serious? This sound, and one of them said, this is a waste of time. And inside, I just knew they don't get it. I can't tell you how many in my family thought, what a waste. All of them, not knowing the Lord. Ever since then, have all come to the Lord. And they have said, wow, you sacrificed, wow, you gave. I give God glory for this because I had to learn that the world's not gonna understand 
our yeses many times. They're not going to understand why we value this gathering, why, why there's something more. This is not life coaching here. This is not TED Talks. This is not shortcuts to be a thought leader. No, this is the truth. This, what you're sensing, if you've never been in church, this is the anointing of Jesus that's in this room. If we're gonna be built, number one, we gotta be built different. Number two, we gotta be built devoted. And number three, we're gonna be built dangerous. I feel this in my spirit. Built dangerous. The Bible says she broke her alabaster jar with expensive and fragrant oil. That's very key that's in there. Expensive and fragrant oil. I, and I, I need somebody to hear this tonight. Notice where the breaking begins. Because I can tell you where the breaking happens. The breaking brings a bringing. It invites a bringing. When there is a breaking throughout Scripture, there is always something. God never takes anything away that he doesn't intend to replace it with better. Every time. Every time. He reveals to heal. Every time. The breaking always invites a bringing, right? Notice this. She, it says, she breaks the jar of expensive and fragrant oil. Where is she breaking this? It is at Simon the leper's house. This man has been a leper for years. It is a flesh-eating bacteria decaying body. It literally smells like rotting flesh. Friend, quite candidly, it, it smells like death. No doubt for years this man has had to stay in this home. He had enough of a, of a life to not have to be put into a leper colony. He was confined to his home. So the smell of rotting, dying flesh is layered on the walls. It's in the furniture. It's on the drapes. It's in the hardware. It's everywhere. It smells like death until a Mary shows up. And she breaks open a jar of expensive and fragrant oil. To the point, the Bible says it was so fragrant, the smell changed the atmosphere. And it says that she has done everything. Remember Jesus' words? She did this to prepare me for my burial. Now, I've got it on good sources that I've called in research that there is good evidence to believe that Jesus smelled like this for the next week. He smelled like this when he was arrested. He smelled like this oil when he was falsely accused in the Sanhedrin, when he was beaten, when chunks of his beard will pull out of his face, he still smelled like expensive and fragrant oil. When he stood in front of Pontius Pilate or when he stood in front of Herod and then Pilate, he smelled like this oil. When he took 39 lashes on his back with the cat of nine tails as they're whipping him and ripping chunks of flesh off of his back, he didn't smell like blood or bodily fluid. No, baby, he smelled like the aroma of heaven. He smelled like anointing oil. When he carried that cross, he smelled. It felt on his, remember, she broke it on his head. Had it been on his feet, had it been on his hands, that smell would have probably been stripped away. But you cannot take off the crown of Jesus because he is the only one to get up on his own power and tell that stone, move out of my way. I am now the truth of what has been said throughout the ancient scrolls. When he was buried, he still smelled like it. When he looked at that stone and said, be ye removed, he still smelt like it. When he got up, man, when he got up, the Bible says he folded his grave clothes. Your mama raised you right. 
if you are folding your clothes and leaving it at the head of the table, you're the man. You're like sending a message. I don't even need these, but I'm going to fold them anyways, right? And puts them there. And the death napkin, the Bible says, is put on there. And he walks out. He still smells like she has done all of this to prepare me for my burial. I don't know what you came in smelling like. I don't know if it's depression. I don't know if it's loneliness. I don't know if it's anxiety. I don't know what you smell like. I'm not fortunate enough to be on the team here and be with you every day or at a campus, but I do know this. There is a fragrant and expensive oil that's available to you tonight. I don't know, it may not even be sin. It may be confusion about next steps. It, it may, you know what, it, it may just be you are wrestling with what God wants and what you want. And all of a sudden there is a stench that's coming, but God is saying, I want to smell. I don't want to stink. I want to smell. And he is trying to pull this, you in, to fragrant, expensive, anointed oil. I don't know why, but I feel this in my spirit. Someone's saying, God, don't take my oil. I'll buy oil. This is where, if I can remind you the journey of where God's brought us. On Friday night, we talked about surrender. And we talked about the parable of the ten virgins and the only way to get uh, the oil that will see through the darkness, not just the lamp, but the oil, is this currency called surrender. There's only one way to buy spiritual oil, and that's surrender. And then last night, we talked about what that oil does is open up your eyes. And we talked about uh, uh, how you are woken. There's an awakening that happens on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, you start to see everything different. I remember when I, got first, when I first got saved because I saw everything different. And ever since then, I have not looked at the same way as the world has. I don't look, I remember eyes that see are common, but eyes that look, totally rare. One man with sight, more powerful than an entire blind army, like in 2 Kings 6, are you following me? But I felt like God moved on my spirit tonight because he said, I'm building something that's for the decades. It's not just for the rest of this year. It's not just for 2024. I'm telling you, God is putting a decade assignment on you. I'm talking about decades, plural, decades. I'm talking about you are going to get vision, not for your lifetime, but for your lifelines. I prophesy this to you. There will be assignments that come on you that will be for your children's children. And for you to be the wise master builder like your father, an apostolic anointing, you will have to know what to put in your kids so they know what to put in their kids. And then those kids will carry on legacy and inheritance unlike everything. You know, we have never seen a true revival be passed from one generation to the next. It tripped up Israel all the time. But let it be said that we would turn the tide in this hour. That we would find our voice in this moment. That we would be built by the hands of Almighty God Himself. And we would be built different. We would be built devoted. And baby, we would be built dangerous. I feel the presence of God. I think there's something about God giving His most valuable. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave. God gave his most valuable possession, which is Jesus. He broke Jesus, just like Mary broke this jar. The oil of Jesus was poured out, just like in Acts chapter two. And it wasn't an oil that needed to come on us for burial. 
but for life. He has truly reversed things in the spirit. Would you stand up with me? I feel a building tonight. You know, I feel a reverence in the room tonight. I feel a longing and excitement, but a reverence. I, um, I shared half of a word last night out of Isaiah chapter eight about how you are not allowed to think like everybody else. This church, I felt like that was a word for the church. I wanna continue that word tonight with, I feel like, Pastor Brad, these previous 10 years, now I, I think I met you year two or three into this, and you have been such a great voice into my life, you and Allie, just so great. I love your family. But I love this church. I really do love this church. And I felt like the Lord told me not only what he said to us last night, but I feel like what he's saying right now is these last 10 years, this was just practice. The way he formed it in me was this was preseason. You're in preseason. And you're coming into the finishing touches of preseason. And you know, the reason why preseason is so important is because you can work on things that you couldn't normally work on in season. You, you know, I, I'm, I'm around a lot of football players sometimes in the NFL and they're always in the preseason areas. They're, um, they're always lifting more weights. So their muscles are more sore and they wanna do that preseason so that if they did, but if, see if they did that in season, they couldn't play to the best of their ability. But we always know who put in the work in the preseason because the results show up in the season. I'm, I'm here to tell you, there is something about the way God is gonna uniquely train all of us in this, he's putting the finishing touches. You know, every revival takes resistance training. I don't know how else to say this, but revival means resistance training. When, when uh, you know, some of these fighters, this is all part of the word, by the way, when some of these fighters they will train themselves. You remember, there's, uh, there's the old, uh, this great legendary fighter, his name is George Foreman. And George Foreman literally would train, he would tie a big tug rope around his waist and he would pull a semi-truck up and down his street, bear crawling, pulling the semi-truck up and down his street. His neighbors thought he was crazy. They thought, what a waste. Until he started knocking everybody out. You remember Manny Pacquiao, these great fighters of today, they, Manny Pacquiao was so good because he never would drop his arms. They would take bamboo sticks and hit his ribs just like this and they would hit him and he would never drop his arms so that when he was punched, he would never drop his arms and he would tire out his opponent and then knock them out because he had resistance training. People would have said, what a waste until he started winning. Muhammad Ali, he was so fast. One of his key secrets came out when he was shadow boxing underwater. Man, I feel the anointing of God on this. He was shadow boxing and he would feel the weight against his muscles as he threw those punches. But he would hold his breath, he would get his cardio, and he would start moving like this. And eventually started winning and knocking everybody out. That's why he says, I float like a butterfly, I sting like a bee, right? The reason why he's doing that is because he wanted the resistance training. I'm here to tell you, Horizon Church, your resistance training is almost over. 
Come on, that's a good place to get it, get excited. And the resistance training is almost over. But I truly believe that means preseason is almost done. God is going to bring you from practice and preseason to in season. There are things you have been waiting, longing for. And I'm not just talking about as a church. I'm talking about in your careers. I'm talking about in your marriages. I'm talking about with your children. It's time to finish. Let God put the finishing touches so that he can build you correctly. If you feel like in your spirit, you're like, Pastor Chris, you, this word is provoking me. I don't want to be built like every other minister. I don't want to be built like every other parent. I don't want to be built like every other official or every other lawyer or every other person or everyone else in my career field. I don't, I don't want to be built like this. I want to be built I want to be formed. I want to be chiseled by the hands of Almighty God and no one else. I don't want to settle. I want to be built. I feel a pull of God in this room. If that's you, I want to pray with you. I literally, I'm going to lay hands on everyone that gets down here. I want to invite you to come and meet me down here. If you're saying, Pastor Chris, I want to be built. I want to be built. I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I'm going to ask Jasmine to help, but I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you. I don't know where you're at, but I want to pray with you. It's time to be built. It's time to be built. It's time to be built. I declare it right now. Mass construction taking place. Mass building taking place. Ooh, I feel the anointing of God in this room. You're going to be built. There, there is going to be, I'm telling you, there is going to be prophetic words. There is going to be assignments. There is going to be vision. There, I'm I feel the anointing of God. I, I want to I go into some worship, if you guys don't mind. And then, Jazz, I want you to start on that end. and just want you to lay hands on people. Um, and I'm going to start on this end, and we're going to uh, overlap. But I feel the anointing of God. And while we're worshiping, I want you to have a Jacob laying his head on the rock moment where he can see angels ascending and descending. The strategy of God. I, I want you to have a Zechariah moment. I want you to have an Isaiah moment. I saw the Lord high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. I, I want you to have a Mary moment, the mother of Jesus. Mary, the Spirit of God has overshadowed you and you're pregnant with the Messiah. You will name him Jesus. Amen. Man, I feel the presence of God. You will name him. And she says, let it be to me according to your word. Be it unto me according to your word. I think it's, I, I, we don't have, it's not a mystery. You know what God's building. You know what God's building. And I want to go after it. I want to go for the yielding. I want to go for the building. And I want to agree with you. When we come and lay our hands on you, this is not just us being able to have a touch point, but we're coming into alignment and agreement where two or more are gathered. There's you, there's me, there's Jesus. Where two or more are gathered. When you pray anything in my name, when you ask, it will be done. I feel this right now. I want to go after it, guys. Let's go into a moment of worship and I want to pray over people tonight. Thanks for listening to this week's message. For more info about Horizon Church, please visit our website at hz.church. Have a fantastic day and we hope to see you again soon.